0: Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Theology in the Raw. I have on the show today Mark Leverton. Mark is a born and bred Texan. He's uh, married to his wife, Vicki. They've had, they have two kids, several grandkids. And several years ago, uh, one of their daughters came out as a lesbian. And Mark and uh, Vicky are both theologically conservative Christians. And so that was, um, you know that 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 presented a challenge to the relationship, but man, as you will hear, Mark has a heart of gold, and he has done a fantastic job um, navigating this relationship with his wonderful daughter. Now, uh, I Mark was I got to know Mark a few, couple of years ago because he has helped us with a project that we have recently produced called. Parenting LGBTQ Kids. When I say we, I mean we at the Center for Faith, Sexuality, and Gender, this ministry that I help run. And over the last year, we have um, put our heart and soul into producing a video-based discipleship resource to help Christian parents embody both the grace and truth of Jesus toward their LGBTQ kids. So if this is you, if you're a parent, your kids come out as gay, lesbian, trans, bi, and you're, you're asking the question, how can I Um, hold true to what I believe the Bible says about marriage and and same-sex sexuality and gender identity, but how can I love my child the way Jesus would? If you're in that space, then I want you to check out this resource. We created this for you. So if you go to parentinglgbtqkids.com, parentinglgbtqkids.com, all all the infos in the show notes, Um, you can take advantage of a pre-order discount uh, f- on this project, it, we release it on February 28th. So, from now until February 28th, if you pre order Parenting LGBTQ Kids, you'll get a discount on that uh, resource. Okay, so let's get to know the one and only Mark Leverton and let's hear him talk about how awesome Jesus is and how Jesus has been so present in his relationship with his daughter. All right, hey friends. I'm here with my uh, a friend from a distance, Mark uh, Leverton. Mark, thanks so much for being on Theology the Raw. Great to be here. I, you know, I was just telling you offline that uh, I, you know, you're part of this uh, parenting LGBT kids project that, that um, me and my uh, associates have been involved with for a while now, and and I've spent the last couple months watching video after video after video, editing and editing. And and, and so I feel like I've seen, I've seen you tell your story so many times. I feel like if this cuts out, I could probably just tell, tell it for you. But for our audience that yeah. hasn't had the pleasure of editing these videos, why don't you tell us your story and how um, how, you, how you became a parent uh, of an LGBTQ child?
1: Well, I'll tell you, this is a great privilege to be here to talk mm-hmm. to you. You know, one of the things I admire so much about you, pressing is in listening to Theology in the Raw, which I have for many years, uh, the people you have on are not the folks you would assume that a <laughs> Christian guy like you, a <laughs> uh, conservative Christian guy like you would have on. And, you know, my wife Vicki and I have have listened to podcasts and we're going, I cannot believe that he's having her on, him, on, on Theology in the Raw. And, but... I'm a lot like that. I love to hear what other people are thinking. People that have maybe a different viewpoint than I do. And particularly when it deals with LGBT issues, you know, and it's, it's wonderful. I enjoy it. But um, my story is, is um, it's not unique. It's uh, happening in the church Uh, to have a, a, a daughter or son dealing with LGBTQ issues, whether it's, Being gay or transgender, Mm -hmm. all the things in between, is particularly hard on Christian parents because we've come from a culture that says and tells us that is the absolutely worst thing that Mm -hmm. could ever happen to you as a parent.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: You know, I I think about how uh, coming up, you know, growing up, uh, because so much of that's enculturated, it's yeah. not necessarily taught. It's just part of our culture.
2: Yeah.
1: So uh, we knew uh, that our daughter, who is one of the most wonderful individuals I've ever known, and that's something to talk about your own daughter that way. Mm-hmm. But she uh, she's been anointed by God and still anointed to lead worship, um, singer songwriter, was in full time Christian ministry as after she left uh, Texas A&M. Uh, I've said it many times. When I hear her lead worship, there's no one that takes me to the throne of grace like she does. Hmm. She just brings me into the presence of God. And, that, and that's an anointing. That's a supernatural thing. And and that's the context of who she is. She is a uh, one of the funniest people I've ever been around. She makes me laugh. And not many people can make me laugh like she does. Uh, she is a... Uh, lover of people. She reaches out to people. She loves, um, you know, she's always been the one when she'd be on a soccer team or something and there was a black uh, child on there. They'd become best friends. I mean, that's just the way she was wired. And uh, I learned a lot from her, watching her as a young person uh, reach out to people. And, you know, we knew uh, in her college years that she was dealing with same sex attraction. And, uh, it was, a, uh, you know, one of those things when you find out about it, you go, you know, Oh my, Oh my gosh, what, what are we going to do?
2: Mm.
1: You know? And so, uh, you know, she went to counseling and she did this on her own. Um, it was something that she, she did not want to have in her life at that time and, um, uh, went to counseling and I think benefited a lot from it. But some years later, which is about, 13 years ago, um, I found out through someone else that she was in a relationship with uh, another young woman who we knew pretty well. And I was at a a conference by myself in a hotel room. My wife was at a church uh, women's um, retreat. And I get this call and find out that Lindsay has come out as being gay and is now in a relationship. And I can say it was one of the hardest things I've ever heard in my life. And, uh, um, I was there by myself. I I, I lay there on the bed and I was just shaking. It was a,
2: Hmm.
1: you know, a, a very difficult thing. And, uh, I, I I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do at all. And uh, I knew this guy who, uh, in fact, married to a woman. He was a man, married to a woman, and had a neat Christian guy. I knew him through uh, the legal profession. He was a lawyer. And uh, anyway, I was able to uh, call him on the phone because he, he was married to this woman, and yet he had, for a time, lived as a gay man. Hmm. Uh, during their marriage and had come back and uh, just one of the best guys I know. And his name is Mike. And I called Mike and I got him on the phone. I couldn't believe I got him on the phone and I told him all about it. And he said, well, I I told him that he, that Lindsay had written a 10 page letter and he said, well, I can tell you this is not just a passing thing. This is something really serious. And, uh, and so I said, Mike, what do I do? You know, and I was just at that at point of, of, of thinking, how do you handle this? And so I, uh, he said, well, Mark, you love her. Mm. And I was like, you mean that's, that's it. I mean, you love her. And he said, yes. And he said, you know what else, you know, her partner, guess what? You have to love her too. And I was like, oh my, really? Really? And he said, yes. He said, that's what God's called you to do as a dad and Vicky as a mom is to love. And so, I, you know, and it's, it's kind of silly. Why wouldn't I know that would be the thing that you would do? You know, mm-hmm. it's because the thing that comes through your mind is, Oh, I need to get my Bible out. I gotta start reading those verses. I've got to start you trying to convince her. No, you can't do this. And that's kind of one of those things that you don't know till you get there. And I tell you by God's grace, Mike was there. And it was a it was a blessing. I didn't I didn't sleep much that night. But I got up the next morning and I go to this conference. Of course, I'm not thinking about anything. I'm an oil and gas logger. Uh, until I retired. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, who gives a rip about all this stuff? You know, I I, want to know what to do. And so I get through that. uh, I just, I just am calling out to the Lord, you know, it's my, my two, my two word prayer, help Jesus. And I've used that my whole life, you know, and I didn't know what to do, but I wanted to do what he wanted me to do. And so I got home and Vicki was home and I shared that with her and she, you know, went through the same feelings that I did. And, uh, you know, we were, we were really helped and buoyed by Mike's advice to us. And so we got together with Lindsay and a lot of tears, mm-hmm. you know, on all three of us. And, uh, you know, one of the things that's so wonderful about her and the, the many things that's wonderful about her is that she extends grace to us all the time, love and grace, and so we were able to to get off on the right foot. You know, we didn't we weren't we didn't have to you know step back and go oh, I'm Sorry, I said that. Although we said a few things that have been hurtful, mm-hmm. of course we have, uh, but we we started our relationship that way, and um, her partner we we really reached out and but it didn't happen overnight. It took a long time, mm. you know, for me to tell her partner, I love you took me two years. Mm. Well, I don't, I don't, I'm not proud of that. I, I love you should just flow off my lips. Mm. Yeah, it shouldn't be something I have to think about. And we, we were able to be around both of them in a, in a comfortable environment. It was awkward at first on for all four of us, Mm-hmm. And yet we knew this is what God was calling us to do. And, and yet during this time, we felt really lonely
2: mm-hmm.
1: because we, we couldn't tell anybody. Uh, you know, as wonderful as churches are, they're not a safe place to share these things. They're just not. Mm-hmm. And I'm praying that that they will be at some point. And so we bore that a long time, uh, many, many years Uh, And I I can remember uh, one of the key moments of my life was um, it had been probably about a month since we found out about Lindsay. And I was at work. I needed to run an errand. And before I got in the car, I realized that I didn't have any love left for my daughter. Hmm. I mean, what a horrible thing as a father to say, I could I didn't feel it. It wasn't there. And Lindsay and I have always been just, you know, just like this. I mean, we just have always been, uh, I kind of knew what she was thinking and, you know, we were like that. And, and here I was feeling this and I was, there was such grief and thinking what kind of dad am I that, I would feel that way, or not, or not feel that way. Mm-hmm. And so I got, but I hear him speak in my heart sometimes. But I tell you, that day I had never had that occur, and all of a sudden I hear very clearly, as if it were spoken in the car to someone sitting next to me, and this voice that I knew was God said, "Mark, can you imagine?" what it would be like to be in Lindsay's shoes. And it just cut me to the core.
2: Hmm.
1: Here I'm driving 65 miles an hour. I have to pull over, put my flashers on. And you know, the first thing that hit me was why would God say that? Why would God be concerned about my daughter who's doing something that scripturally, Uh, you know, is, is, is not the way God would want her to live. Mm -hmm. Why would he say, can you imagine what it would be like to be in her shoes? And I'm just, I'm just so stunned by, and I, and I call out loud, loud, I said, God, are you really like that? Is that who you really are? That you, you care about my daughter like that, that, you're asking me, hey, Mark, can you imagine walking in her shoes? What would that be like? <clears throat> and I just burst into tears. I mean, I was just sitting there, <clears throat> you know, sobbing because it was it was so overwhelming that God would, number one, would say something to me. I knew it was him. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a doubt. I wasn't making it up. It wasn't something I said. <clears throat> and... I said, Lord, what am I, what, do I, what am I to do with this? And all of a sudden, I'm sitting here on this freeway, cars blowing by, you know, 70 miles an hour. And all of a sudden, I get this download. That's, all, that's the only way I can ex- expose, I mean, to express it. I had this download of love into my heart hmm. that <clears throat> was so palpable. It wasn't, it was something I physically felt it come into my heart hmm. and I'm sitting there, it almost made me not be able to breathe. You know, it was that kind of a, a feeling and I, I gathered myself together. I decided, you know, I don't think I'm going to go to that, put out whatever I was doing, which I couldn't remember. I turn around and go back to the office and I'm, I'm feeling this something that I don't know what it is. I'm still not sure what happened. I pull up, I park, and we're down, my office is down by the University of Texas, and there are so many students walk up and down this particular street that goes to the campus. We're three blocks from the campus. Mm -hmm. And I get out of my car, and I turn to the right, and coming down the sidewalk are two lesbians holding hands, nuzzling each other, laughing. I mean, it's obvious they were a couple. Mm-hmm. And before this day, if I had seen that, I and I hate to say this, because I hate to say that's who I was, I would have been repulsed. Mm. I would have been put off and repulsed. And I would have turned back the other way. But you know what happened when I saw that? I just wanted to go over and grab a hold of them and tell them how much i love them mm-hmm. I, and i just that in itself just you know blew me away and i said to myself i am not going to start crying when i tell this story but i can't help it <laughs> i knew that that download that i experienced 30 minutes before had changed me at a very profound level I really wanted to love on those girls, because I felt like, I wonder if they have a daddy that loves them. Mm. And, and you know, since then, uh, I've been in different situations. Like I went to a party where all of Lindsay's friends were there, and we were the only two straight people, Vicky and I. <laughs> and we, we, you know, in a little bit, there was a little awkwardness, but we felt very comfortable because, you know, All of a sudden, I saw all these young women as like my daughter. Hmm. And I can remember one girl came up to me and said, could I tell you something? And I said, sure, sure, and I didn't really know her. And she said, watching you and what Lindsay's told me about you, I just want to tell you, I wish I had a daddy like you. Wow, it just you know it it pierced me because I you know all of a sudden we objectified you know gay and lesbians and trans people and we mm-hmm. forget that you know there's somebody's daughter or son or brother or sister you know and that was another thing that just blew me away because I just grabbed her and hugged her and held her.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, see the the Pharisee that I was before all this happened, and I was a Pharisee, black and white, if the Bible says it, black and white, um, the Pharisee that I was would have that hard heart, that judgmental, condemning character that I had. On that freeway that day, God just ripped that out of my heart and replaced that Mm
2: -hmm.
1: with His love. Because you know, as great a dad as you are, and you've got four girls, you have a hundred gallons of human love. That's what your tank calls. It's human love that I don't care if you're a Christian or not a Christian. I don't care where you live. You have a hundred gallons of human love and it's a love for your children. Mm-hmm. But when a situation happens, you know what happens that all that fuel that you have, that hundred gallons all of a sudden after a while, There's an empty tank there of human love. Mm -hmm. As much as you want to, it's gone. And God in his mercy and grace gave me his love that day that has changed my life. And of course, as so many parents who deal with this, Christian parents who deal with this say, if you had it to do over again, would you wish that your child was not gay and was not dealing with this? And of course, the easy answer is, of course, because I watched her struggle. Mm-hmm. I watched her be <clears throat> told that she was going to hell by, you know, leaders of Christian ministries and churches and her friends, you know, walking away from her, telling her that they weren't going to have anything to do with her anymore. I watched that pain. And of course, I felt that pain, too. But... If I had the choice, I would say I wish it wouldn't happen because I, I would wish she wouldn't have had to gone through that, had mm. had to deal with that. But as far as I'm concerned, mm. I wouldn't change a thing. Wow. Because if that had not happened, if she had not come out as gay, I would be that same man that I was mm. prior to 2009. And because of God's mercy and grace and compassion on my daughter, but on guess who? Me. Mm -hmm. Because you know what? I was the broken one. I was really broken. I just Mm -hmm. didn't know it. I thought I had it all together. I thought I knew all the answers. (laughs) And yet, because of that, God changed me, and he introduced to me just a little bit of who he is. And what I, I discovered, much to my shock, was that, He's a lover. Mm-hmm. He just loves people. And just like I watch you, mm-hmm. how you love your guests, your your gay and lesbian and mm-hmm. transgender guests. And so you you have that same love, Preston. That's mm-hmm. that's that that's that love that God has given you. And you get criticized for it.
2: Yeah.
1: We've been <laughs> criticized for it. You know, you do, because you're going, these people are sinners what are you doing? And I go, "Hmm, I think it says in the scriptures that Jesus was a friend of sinners, (laughs) hung around sinners. I think I'm going to hang with that, that group as much as I can, Mm. but it changed my life. So, you know, when I, I look back on all this and there's been a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of trial, a lot of sadness, more tears, you know, we've cried trying to understand what to do with all this. And then feeling this intense loneliness and isolation because, you know, as a Christian parent, what happens when your child comes out, you go into the closet. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not a good thing because the church should be a safe place for us to say, hey, I got a problem. I need some help. Mm -hmm. And, you know, finally, we were able to share it. And I'm sorry I'm taking so long, but I, there's a that's lot funny. of stuff here I do want to unpack. But uh, and tell me to stop talking when you're ready for me to stop talking. You go as but, low, well. Uh,
0: yeah, I do have a couple of just questions. So sure. uh, you mentioned 2009. So you, you, your daughter came out what 12, 13 years ago. This it's been a uh, while now. Yeah, 2009. Yeah, that's she came out, and she and I, I'm, I am curious how how have you how did you i guess navigate the theological side of this with your daughter cuz i think you said when she first came mm-hmm. out like she wasn't fully affirming it was just this is something she wrestled with and then made wow. that move um and i'm sure that that you know probably <laughs> caused you and vicky to do some research or whatever and you ended up still you yeah. know on the traditional side and she's she's no longer um do you, how did you navigate that with her with this something she kind of figured out on her own. And did that ever cause tension early on? And does it it still, you know?
1: Well, it it did, you know, and at some points, of course you, you both come to the place where you say, you know what, I respect what you believe and you respect what I believe. That's what you have to come to. Mm. And I don't demand that she believes like me and she does not demand that I believe like their mutual respect. And what happened is she said, when she came out and then she, well, you know, we talked about it and she said, would you read a couple of books Mm -hmm. about this? And I said, because again, I've always been that way. And I said, sure, give me the books. So she gave me a couple of books. These were written by one was a Presbyterian pastor. Another one was, I don't remember who it was. And I, before I read those books, I said, Lord, if I'm wrong Mm -hmm. in my, what I believe here, which I, I have, had then, and I still do have a historical traditional Christian biblical ethic, you know, mm-hmm. concerning sexuality. And I said, but Lord, I want to know if I'm wrong, if I'm off base here, mm-hmm. because it's been enculturated into me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: then show me. Right. Well, I read those books and basically what I came to the conclusion of, they were not very, uh, helpful. Uh, they didn't influence me. I mean, the, the arguments I thought were pretty, pretty flimsy. Mm -hmm. I I didn't agree with them. And, you know, and I, I told Lindsay, I said, honey, I just, I just didn't, I didn't uh, move my, the needle there on that. And she said, okay, well, I just wanted you to read it. And I did. And, and so at that point we were able to, uh, decide that you know i'm not probably going to change the way i look at things mm-hmm. and i tell you it'd be a whole lot easier if i if I, if i was affirming
2: yeah
1: i mean it'd be simple i mean a, a, and yet i understand why parents get to that place and become affirming i understand that i, I have mercy and grace for people you know they're not my enemy mm-hmm. uh i understand why they do because they want to love their child and they're mm-hmm. looking how can i love my child when i mm-hmm believe this and, and they believe that, how does that work? So, you know, that, that, that is, that took some time and we worked through that. But again, we were just fortunate to have a daughter who didn't demand of us, you know, and I have plenty of people that we've ministered to over the years who their child will say, if you don't accept me just the way I am and agree with me and affirm me, then we will have no relationship."
0: What do you do with that, you know? Oh man. So yeah, so that's I guess that was my next question is why is it just that Lindsay's just so awesome that she's able to <laughs> have a loving relationship with her parents in the midst of what could be seen as, you know, a serious disagreement. Yeah. Is it really just that's how kind of she's wired or it, is there something in how you and Vicky have loved on her so well, well, no, I don't want
1: to, I get your, I get what you're saying. Because I know know,
0: some parents listening or probably quite a few are listening are like, yeah, that's my, my kid gave me the ultimatum. Is it, how do they respond to that? I mean, is there anything they can do there? I mean,
1: well, all I can, I can say is from our experience and, Mm -hmm. and see Mike told me that first day you have to love her. Mm-hmm. well, what, what does that look like? You know, what does that look like? It doesn't mean I can't be honest about my my biblical beliefs. It doesn't mean I can't be honest that I can't draw boundaries when I need to draw boundaries. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I can't say something. And I've had to say some hard things to my daughter
2: mm-hmm. that
1: hurt her feelings. But again, if, if the foundation is one of a love foundation, then you take it differently when it has that foundation. So I would say, you know, so many parents, especially in the church, make a big mistake in taking the Bible out and beating the crap out of their kids, you know, with all yeah. those verses. And and yet they don't know what else to do. They, they do the best they can. Yeah. That's the main thing. I tell people who come to me and they go, I blew it. And I said, you know, it's okay. You did the best you can. You, it wasn't because you're a bad person or a bad mm-hmm. Christian you're doing the best you can. And you have to then at that point you have to say, well, is there something I need to do vis-a-vis my, my child? And sometimes you have to go back and you have to ask forgiveness. But, uh, I think we were, we were just, listen, we weren't, we're not super Christians. You know, I was a Pharisee. I mean, you know, I, I was ready to take the book out and start throwing it. And I didn't do that. Not because I'm some special over, you know, big spiritual person it's just God had mercy on me. I was able to respond. Vicki was able to respond in a loving way. So it laid a groundwork for our relationship, but it also took a person in Lindsay who loved Jesus and still loves Jesus mm. to respond out of her spirit. Like we responded out of the Holy spirit, you know, that's, and, and, and that's not normal. It's just our experience. Mm. And if that's not your experience as a parent, Again, it's not because you have a bad kid or you have a or you're, you know, not a good Christian or you're not you don't love your child. I know you love your child, but yeah. man, yeah, you know, if, if you have a kid that is antagonistic toward you, it changes the whole dynamic. Right. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: you know, and you can't. There's sometimes you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Did did Lindsay end up getting married? Right. She- yes, she 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 uh, married. In
1: fact. She married before uh, marriage became legal, you know, oh, okay. and, and accords with the Supreme Court. Uh, and they married and, uh, you know, they adopted <clears throat> two children, two little two little twin granddaughters. And, <laughs> you know, this is to show you like, OK, Lord, so we now have we have marriage and they got married in New York. So we didn't have the decision, OK, are we going to go to a, you know, to a marriage ceremony, all that. Uh, and then they tell us we're going to adopt a child. Well, our res- first response was, no, hmm. I, don't, I don't want you to adopt a child. And, and I had that one of those hard conversations with Lindsay. They're married. Uh, they, we, lo- we love both of them. And uh, they're going to adopt a child. And I, I I sat out with my daughter and I said, Lindsay, um, I was important to you growing up. And I said, this child is is not going to have a daddy and and that, I, I worry about that. I worry about that. I think that I, I'm not sure that's the right thing to do. I'd ask you to reconsider it And she was very clear she said, no, we're, we're, this is the way we're going. And so, you know, I think, I think some of it was, you know, if they don't adopt children, then maybe, maybe, hey, there's this good chance they're going to, you know, going to come out of this. Uh, but boy, you adopt kids. Well, man, this is serious business now. And so uh, we just, we just realized, you know, as Vicky said, I knew God would not allow this to happen. I already knew it. I knew God was not going to allow them to, to adopt children. And then all of a sudden I'm looking at this and I'm going, This is gonna happen. They, they got I mean, there were thirteen couples that this mother was looking at. Thirteen couples,
2: hmm.
1: twelve hetero couples and one gay couple. And this this woman was a very spiritual person who's gonna have the birth mother. Mm-hmm. And so she was most impressed with the fact that this gay couple were Christians Hmm. and would raise a child and and that faith. And they picked out of 13, they picked these two. And so she has, she has the child and Oh, guess what? Mom and dad, we got to tell you something. We're going to adopt a child, but we're actually going to adopt twins because there's two of them (laughs) and they're little girls. And we were just like, Of course, of course, it's going to be twins, not just one, but two. (laughs) And so, you know, they adopt. And uh, needless to say, those two little girls who live about 10 minutes from us, we pick them up. They're now nine. We pick them up at school three days a week. We bring them over here and we just love on them. And they're one of the biggest blessings in our life. Now, is that the way that we wanted it to happen? No, but it's the way God set it out. And I, I really believe it was the way God set it out because they have blessed us beyond. And, uh, you know, with Lindsay, Lindsay, unfortunately, uh, her partner and her got divorced. Mm. And that was a whole nother. And so we, we again said, okay, so we've had marriage. We've had children. Now we're going through a divorce. And it was it was heartbreaking. I mean, we just, it broke us down and it would broke them down and they got divorced. And, um, I I told Lindsay in the midst of that, I said, I hope that you never remarry because it's hard enough. I, my parents divorced when I was 10 years old and it's, Hmm. it had, it had an impact on my life that I still, some of that I still impact me today and i didn't want them to go through that. I didn't want them to, you know, to hurt her to marry somebody else and now you have other people involved and you know,
2: right. sib-
1: half siblings and all that. and so uh anyway, uh she My, did get remarried. Oh, she did get remarried.
0: Okay. Yeah. Re- recently or and, yeah.
1: Well, it was uh yeah, it was uh, it was uh, during the pandemic in April of 2020 okay. and we at that point had to uh, decide, well, we're going to go to that wedding, and the, the young woman that she was going to marry was just delightful. Had a little boy, five-year-old boy at that time, three and three and a half, and uh, they decided they were going to have a a wedding. But that's a whole other story to yeah. tell you. Uh, <laughs> but you know, so and so, you know, we remembered what did what did Mike tell us a long time ago. Yeah. Well, Mark, okay. you've got to love your daughter. And yeah. guess what? you got to love her partner. Yeah. And so those words were there. And we, we, we did, this is not what we wanted, but we loved her mm-hmm. just like we loved uh, the first wife, you know. And, and by the way, we still love that the ex. Mm-hmm. And we saw her yesterday. And we love on her and hug on her and kiss on her because. You know what? Her parents rejected her.
2: Hmm.
1: Her Christian parents rejected her. It had nothing to do with her or the children. And I was, I was kind of the daddy to her. And you know, when I see her, I grab her with both arms and I pull her into me, to this day. And I love on her hmm. because God brought, brought her into my life, hmm. and I still we still love her, and she loves us. Wow.
0: How, I'm, 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 I get this question a lot and would love your thoughts on it. And I'm I'm sure some people may be even thinking of it now. Like, when does love um become like um what's the word I'm looking for? Like like uh condoning. Acceptance. Accept, yeah, condoning condoning oh. sin, you know. Um like is there is there a limit to how much or what kind of love we should give? Because if we just if there's all love and no truth or whatever, then we're just kind of pushing people further into their sin or however it's framed. I'm sure you've got this a lot. How, how do you respond to that?
1: The best question that we all ask, mm. and you know what? I still deal with it today. Mm. And that is there's a tension between truth and grace. Mm. You know, when, 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 uh, John the Baptist saw, Jesus, the Messiah coming up, he said, behold, the Lamb of God, full of truth, uh, full of grace. No, full of grace and truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you had this tension, especially those of us who are b- biblical believers and have a conservative view of, of, of you know, traditional sexual ethic. You have the truth over here, which you see that it's there. I, you know, I, I can't say it's not there. I either believe it or I don't. But then you have this call to love, that grace, that mercy, compassion. And these pull you back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it is, it always continues to this day. I mean, I still get pulled. The truth is a very powerful thing. It tends to pull us in that direction. The church is really great on truth. Mm-hmm. We're not so good on mm-hmm. grace and mercy when it comes to this issue. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, the, the idea of how does God love me? He loves me unconditionally. Does he love me when I'm a good boy and I don't sin? Yeah. Does he love me when I'm a sinner? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so how do I extend love? Do I extend love as long as this, you know, my child is not, you know, living a promiscuous life or getting married or whatever. No, you've got to continue that same love. But again, if it means I've got to lay aside my beliefs, then you've lost that balance again. Now, all of a sudden, it's all grace. Well, that's that's where you've become affirming Mm -hmm. because you have said, you know, I, I know that's in the Bible, but I don't believe it applies today or whatever your reasoning is. And, and, and you lose that 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 balance but when you when you have the balance you also have the tension
2: yeah
1: and and the answer is there is no limit to the way you love there can't be hmm. or it's not genuine love hmm. but there is a limit to various things like let's say you your child has a has a partner they're not married and they come to your house to visit can you tell them I want you to sleep in different Bedrooms, absolutely, you can. Does that mean I'm less loving? No, that means you're setting boundaries. Or, you know, um, your child is is uh, going out at night and you know doing going to certain places that you don't like that because they're younger, and you you know you have the right to say, "Honey, I love you, but I don't want you going to those places." You know, mm-hmm. or if they're on the internet, or and of course this applies to children, they're not just gay or lesbian or trans. This applies to all children, you know? So you you have this battle between truth and grace, but Mm -hmm. the the reality is loving does not mean condoning. It does not mean uh, accepting what it does mean. It means surrendering. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You've got to surrender your control over that child, your rights over that child. You've got to say, God, I've got to give you my child. Mm-hmm. I want you to have him or her because I know they're safer in there than me. you got to let, let go of control. Now, obviously if they're younger and they live in your house, well, that's a different situation. Yeah. But when they're old adult children, it, you know, you, you don't do it the same way. So
2: right.
1: you have to differentiate between minor children and children that are out of the nest and all that. So, but you, you can't ever worry about there being too much love. Mm-hmm. Generally, the problem is not too much love. It's too much truth. Yeah. Without a flow, right. but it's always attention and it's all, you've got to find that balancing. You have to ask God, show me how to walk this path. I don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to love. And yet I know what I believe. I don't know how to do this. And people tell me it's impossible. You can't do that. I said, not true, because <laughs> we do it. We've done it for the last fourteen years, mm. and we're continuing to do it. And so, yes, you can. Mm. But I understand. And there are times when we do things. Yeah. We mm. go places. We say things, where we think, mm, you know, were we, were we too much to the love? You know, right. it's just a battle that that is normal.
0: I think having if P- if parents are wrestling with that tension that's that that's that's where you need to be right it's if you're not wrestling with it that's when we need to say all right you should <laughs> it should be a tension in your life right if it's not a tension always, always. like always. you know Again, like when people yeah. like, people ask me you know man i'm really struggling with this sin you know what do i do and it's like well if you're struggling then you're acknowledging it's sin and you're not wanting to do it and you're probably failing probably succeeding so if you're struggling with it, you're 90% of the way, you know, in the direction where you probably should be, you know, um, what, what you, do, you work, you talk with a lot of parents, right. Christian parents the LGBT kids. What, what do do you have like the top one or two questions that you often get asked and what, what are those and how do you respond? Mm -hmm. Like, what are some common things that Christians are, Christian parents are wrestling with?
1: Well, we, we founded, um, a support group eight years ago called Lifeline and Lifeline literally is a lifeline to people. Mm. And, uh, you know, we've had hundreds of parents come through Lifeline in the last eight years. And Vicki and I, uh, were the leaders of that group. We had two other couples that helped us found it. Uh, we, we had to move churches because the pastor at the other church, uh, said, we want you to come, and we want you to be a part of our church. and want you to start this group. And this, our pastor is Randy Phillips, who if you've ever heard of Phillips, Craig and Dean, this, oh, is,
2: yeah.
1: this is Randy Phillips. And Randy is, you talk about someone that I want to learn how to be when I grow up, but I'm unfortunately, I'm older than him. So I'm probably not going to get there on that, mm-hmm. but, uh, they asked us to come over. And so the amazing thing about it, because of course, Randy's in, in Christian music, yeah. uh, Is that he knew Lindsay already through Christian music?
0: Oh right, yeah. And
1: and 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 we 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 ate lunch one day with Randy and his wife Denise right when we were getting ready to move over and start this group. And I'd never met Randy. I'd seen him. I'd heard of him. And so we go to lunch, and and you know, and and I'm and this is you know, this is probably uh, that was probably five years after we had found out about Lindsay and and uh you know we were talking about Christian music and I said, you know, Lindsay was so anointed as a worship leader and he he he, he reached over and grabbed my arm and he said, Uh-uh hmm. she is anointed <laughs> today. That anointing does not go away. And I'm I'm looking at him going, Who is this guy? <laughs> and and he says, You know what? I I love your daughter. I love Lindsay. Gosh, I love her. And we go through this and he starts relating some issues that some of these, some experiences he had with LGBTQ people. And we left that meeting that day with our pastor. And we got in the car and we both just cried. Hmm. And we cried because we were like, I've never been around anyone like him. I mean, he, boy, he holds to the truth. He is a just like us. He's like you, Preston. He holds to the truth, mm-hmm. and yet, God, he has this love. I remember the first time we brought them—we brought Lindsay and uh, her first spouse and the twins to church, and of course, she loves Lindsay too. I mean, she loves Randy also. And we, and we brought brought those little girls; and they were probably a year old to the church. I saw Randy come across the room, makes a beeline. The first thing he does, he goes up and he just envelops Lindsay and kisses her and hugs on her mm-hmm. and tells him, Oh, Lindsay, I've missed you. I love you so much. And then he he hugs her 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 wife, who he she he didn't know, and then he takes those two little babies and one by one he puts them and he puts them right up against his face. <laughs> I mean, we were just sitting here going, <laughs> so anyway, but basically what I'm just telling you, that, that that was the reason why we went over and founded Lifeline, because of a man like Randy Phillips, and so we start this group, and uh, we these parents start coming, and you know, they, uh, one of the first meetings we had, we had a, a couple that was sitting out in a, in a pickup, I knew they were coming, they were out in their pickup. You know, it's just Texas, so they're in pickups. And, uh, but we started the meeting, and they were still out there. So I, I said, "Wait a second. So I go out on there, and I know it. I know it's them, but they couldn't get out of the pickup. So I went. I knocked on the window, and I said, "Are you all going to like come in?" You know, this is just not drive-in theater. You have to actually come in the meeting. They were, you know, and, and they came in. They were. They just, you know, they were so nervous about coming in. <laughs> And, and their first question was, how do you love your child huh. when you know that what they're doing is a sin?
2: Yeah.
1: That, that is that is that is always the number one question. Okay. And it's always an issue. And, and another one of the issues is, how could God allow this? I've raised my child in the church, and you know that Old Testament, raise them up in the way that yeah. you go, and you know, you get all the, you know, which... That's not really the way that is meant, you know? Yeah. And so um, they struggle with that part. How could they, how could this happen? And, you know, how could God give me a person struggling with this? And I, after after several years of going through this, I came up with my own theory. And my own theory is, I haven't had anyone tell me this is true. I just, it's my own theory. Because I believe God meants our children in the, in the womb. Mm-hmm. Psalm 139 tells us that. So if he knit my daughter in the womb, he knew when he was knitting, there were certain bent a bent mm-hmm. or something inside her that was going to lead her to that. He already knew what her life was going to be. Mm-hmm. And guess what? He put Lindsay and Vicki and my family. He chose us mm-hmm. to raise her. And this is what I tell parents. I said, you know what? God put your daughter, your son, and your family, because you know what he knew when he would put that child in your family? You're going to tell them about Jesus.
2: Hmm.
1: And they were going to know about Jesus. Now, they may walk away from him, but guess what? Jesus was not going to walk away from it, that yeah. child. And I believe that God in his mercy knew the struggle that was coming, and he provided this incredible family to be in. And boy, we screwed up raising our kids. I'm telling you, we were, we were probably C, C plus, C minus parents. We did our best, but that's a a big thing. Why would God allow this is a big thing. And, and I'm telling you because guess what God chose you to have this child and to raise this child. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious, you, your your phrase a while back, I've heard this a lot, when kids come out of the closet, the parents go into the closet, and you said, yeah. at least for a while, you couldn't tell anybody about your situation. Is, has that changed? I, have you seen changes in the church? Like now, can you speak freely? And do people still kind of get judgmental responses, or is it different now?
1: You know, I would love to say it's different, but it's really not. Really? Um, I haven't seen a big change. and. And it's not that the churches are haven't changed because churches have.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not all churches. We. Well, I mean, I know several churches that still are, you know, hard on this. And uh, you know, we've talked to several churches in, in in talking about starting a group. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, we know. And it. And, and I, I've always said if I'm a, if I were a pastor now, it'd be so hard, because you know I loved your your talk at the Revoice. Mm-hmm. In the church needs LGBTQ people and absolutely they do. Mm-hmm. But what if they're not living a celibate life? Right. What if they're, you know, what if they're not struggling? You know, how does that work? When well, I go, I don't have the answer. I don't know how that works. But the reality is it's still extremely difficult for people because these people are the same people that were probably condemning and judgmental of LGBTQ people, mm-hmm. you know, it's the old, that that group, they, Mm -hmm. you know, the activists, all that stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, they already know, and their friends, they know what their friends think. And of course, you know, you hear all these gay jokes or you hear people saying mean, nasty things about, and they don't realize you have a child that's that that Mm -hmm. way, you know, that's dealing with that. So it's still not a safe place. Now there, I'm sure there are churches that are are there, it's, my church is incredible. Mm. you know, life awesome, unbelievable. Mm. But you know what? It's still hard
2: mm.
1: because you there's still a lot of guilt and shame and fear that we all feel. And we we think because you know a lot of people when they find out you have a gay child, guess what? they think, boy, you must have really been a horrible dad, especially if you have a a gay son or a trans son or if you have a if you're a mom, and you have a gay daughter or, you know, trans daughter, boy, you must not have been a very good parent to that child because you didn't show them how to be a, you know, a manly man, and all that. So, uh, you know, it's still we're still we still haven't gotten an atmosphere. Yeah. I'd say my church is probably as close to it as I've ever seen, okay. and yet there's some people that wouldn't feel comfortable. Now okay. I think most would because they've heard Randy talk before and he's he's dealt with issues and so. But it's still a hard thing for churches. And it's a hard thing for people who go to churches.
0: What's your advice to parents that maybe they have a kid who's gay, trans, um, gay or trans or whatever, and they haven't really, they're kind of in that place where they feel like they're in the closet. They they would love to talk through this, get some uh, counsel and wisdom from other parents, but they're just scared to kind of tell anybody. Would, would you encourage them to go to their pastor? Or does it really depend on... <laughs> their pastor? Or? I, well, I think you, you have to go to your pastor.
1: I think it's important. Uh, not all pastors are prepared, and not all pastors yeah. are going to respond the right way. But I think you have to. I think God's put you in that church. And I think, you know, you've got to step out and take a chance. You ought to go to your pastor and tell them what's going on. And I tell you, most pastors are going to be loving and sweet to you.
2: Yeah,
1: They're not going to point their finger at you. <clears throat> They're not going to think that you did something wrong, <clears throat> but you go to them. But now I'm telling you, I had one couple come to us and, and tell us this: that when they told their pastor that they had a gay daughter, his response—you will—this will blow your mind—was, you know, if I had a gay daughter, I would kill myself. Oh
2: my
1: god! I can't. I can't. I, that really ha- can you? Can you?
0: No, I don't have a that.
1: Worst idea. This was a evangelical pastor. How could you say that Mm -hmm. to anyone? Now, that is, I've only heard that one time, and that's enough. I don't think that's a response anyone's going to get. I think you're going to get, tell me your story. We love you. Boy, we're going to be praying for you. And and that's the way I think all of our churches, because I think pastors want to help people who are in need. So get courage and go and and tell your pastor and if you don't get what you're looking for then say lord bring someone into my life that can help me with yeah. this and you know what god will do that
0: And you know I'm I'm not a fan of hopping churches and you know, I think leaving a church is mm-hmm. is a huge decision but man if 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 you had a pastor that can't handle mm-hmm. or would respond in really unchristlike ways to such an intimate part of your life then I would yeah. raise the question is this the shepherd you want caring for your soul like that and, and i don't say that flippantly but that no, I, I know you do. know I'm, I'm sure well i'm i'm sure i'm preaching to the choir of anybody listening but i'm sure families have had to wrestle with that but yeah i can't you know i i do i i do have a lot of confirmation bias in my perspective on this question because i i'm in churches all over the country. Um but I'm there because they invited me in, right? So which means right. they already have <laughs> a certain posture that they're looking to enhance oh, or address. So when I look at the church, I'm like, oh, man, I'm so hopeful. There's so many amazing churches out there. And I, I do forget that even if I preach at, you know, 40 churches in a year, that's a tiny, tiny, tiny sampling of, you know, the churches in America. Um, so that's, I, I need that as a reminder. As it's, 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 it's hard as some of these stories are, I need those as a reminder that there's a lot of work. A lot of work to be done, you know. I never did understand why parents... It's one thing, obviously, for somebody who is LGBTQ to be scared to tell their story, to talk to somebody. Yeah. But a parent, like, I, I'm just like... It's just crazy that people would put blame on the parent for this, but I, I know that that's, there's a lot of misinformation out there, you know. There, um,
1: there, there is, and, you know, what, you think of a group like Lifeline... You would, you would feel like there had to be a thousand of those groups in churches. <laughs> but I've I have had more trouble. You know, we've gone and visited churches and, you know, they'll want to talk about it. And they, they call us, and say, hey, can you come tell us about it? <clears throat> but it never happens. Hmm. And it's because <clears throat> this idea that if you have a group of, of parents, Christian parents, and you're... Talking about LGBTQ kids, somehow you've now you, you've now mentioned the L word or the you know the G word or the T word, and uh, somehow that is not something you want to be have talked about in your church because you know I I, I think that's one of the problems. It's it's um and it's not the pastors mm-hmm. sometimes it's the elders yeah. who you know do not want want to have this even discussed. But it still shocks me yeah. that every, particularly the bigger churches, don't have a group like ours, yeah. And in their church, because you know, you just the, just look at the percentages.
2: Yeah.
1: If if five if it's five percent of the people out there have you know kids with dealing with these kind of issues, man, that means five percent of your church. If you have three thousand people in your church, you know, do the do the math. <laughs> Think of all the parents that are sitting out there yeah. who are dying and they can't tell anybody because they don't they don't feel like it's a safe place. Yeah. Now some of that's because they're experiencing shame and they're kind of protecting themselves. Right. So it's not always it's not always cuz the church is not safe. It's cuz they're yeah. they're scared to do it. But most pastors are going to respond beautifully and lovingly. Yeah. Now they may not call you on the phone every week and check on you, but at least they're they're knowing that. And I think it also gives the pastors the chance to start searching their own souls mm-hmm. and say, gosh what can we do how can we how can we minister to these people i mean we got mary and joe over here how can we help them mm.
0: yeah man well mark I, I yeah thank you for your time um, mm. and for your ministry and is you're you're uh, are you still running that parent group and is there an online like if somebody's like man i don't live in austin but can I join the group somehow? Well, <laughs> no,
1: we 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 don't. We're not quite that sophisticated. In fact, we just we just retired as the leaders of of that okay. particular group. We've helped start a couple of other groups in Austin area that are not Lifelines, but you know I don't care what you call it, what it's like. But um, yeah, we're we're still heavily involved in it. And you know I mean, Vicky is a, a brilliant reader writer. She's a Phi Beta Kappa, and she. She takes these books. In fact, she the last two books she's read uh, were the two books written by Dr. Greg Coles. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, which blew both of us away. <laughs> and uh, and then of course she's she's read all of your books. She's in the middle of reading Embodied. <laughs> okay. And Embodied Embodiment. Embodied, in, embodied, 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 embodied?
0: Yeah, you got to write it the first time.
1: Embodied oh, right. Yeah. Embodied. Um, and and so she works on that. So we're. She's going to continue to do that. She's writing this big, long thing right now on uh, ambiguity of loss, ambiguous loss, ambiguous grief, which she's writing right now. And so she was in this very room writing and I had to kick her
2: out. I (laughs) got,
1: I got to go live here, you know, (laughs) but, uh, but we, 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 uh, we have a, a website that we're, we're still updating and it's not like, I like it, but it's, it's called, uh, grab this com. Okay. It's all one word, grab this com, And you can go on there. There, there are uh, lots of resources, but I haven't, I haven't updated it in three years. Okay. I've got to update it and bring a lot more resources, particularly with the trans, because we're seeing more, yeah. you know, now the majority of people that are coming to our yeah. group are uh, parents dealing with trans issues. And that's a, that's a whole nother yeah. Yeah. ball game. And so but the reality is is that if you need someone, you can call. Or you can write there's a there's a you can write a info at grabthislifeline dot okay. com and we'll respond to you. Wow. Because you know, hey, we, we have ministered to people all over the United States over the years. And in fact, I'm praying now. And you all can pray for Mark, who's a dad, who's a missionary in Kiev, Ukraine. Oh wow! And if you've been following what's going wow. on, you know uh, we've been ministering. I've been emailing him over the years, and so uh, you know it's a it's one of those things that that uh, we we do anyway. So the main thing is is that we prayed for someone to talk to, and we never could find anybody. So. If you just you write that, it'll get to to us, and then we'll respond to you. You know, leave Great. your phone number, and we'll we'll call you.
0: Great. All all this is, will be in the show notes. We'll put it all in the show notes. So grab this lifeline. dot com. Um, also, I'm I'm not sure when this is gonna uh, this episode is going gonna go live, but we're gonna try to right. uh, co- course correlate it with the launch of our uh, parenting LGBT kids uh, project. Oh, so um, if you are a parent and you want a resource, I would, you know, check that out that we have, we'll put that in the show notes too. I think it's parenting lgbtkids.com. I think it's something like that. Um, or oh, you can just go really to be so good. Yeah. Mm. It, Mark, it's, mm. I mean, I, you know, I helped create it. So I I'm biased, but we've done, you know, quite a few resources now. And Mark, this isn't, in, it's incredible. I mean, I spent the last few months watching through all the videos and I'm just like hats off What'd to like? our editors too, who took, hours and hours and hours of material and boiled it down to something that's, you know, it's tight. It's, it's uh but man, it's, and my, you know, my wife's been watching the videos. She's like, this isn't just for LGBT parents of LGBT kids. This is for parents. <laughs> like there's so many. And it's really true. Oh, true. you
1: know, Chris is so right. Yeah, But i tell you, this is going to be a paradigm changer. Uh. This one series is going to be a paradigm changer. And, for what you and Greg Coles and Chris and, and all the people involved, it's going to be – it really will. And I'm not being – I'm not speaking <laughs> yeah. a hyperbolic language. It will be a game changer. Yeah.
0: Well, I appreciate that. You know, we did um, – I don't know if you know. I think you know this. We, we, uh, we, we sent out a survey, a really lengthy survey to parents. Oh, yeah. You, you, you were part of that. But over 500 parents filled this out. We thought we'd get like 50 so we got 500 parents, Christian parents. That's unbelievable, Isn't Un- that incredible. The data that we collected there is so helpful. And then I think the number one thing that parents wrestle with is this sense of shame of I did something wrong, even though they don't, oh, co- yeah. even though they know that's not true. They still, it's like there's that voice that just keeps compounding that. It's it's really sad. So so we, that's why we invested a lot of time in in the videos mm. addressing that and, and among many other many other things so um, it's going to be so good we can't
1: we cannot (laughs) wait to wash it ourselves and you're right i think it's going to be great for any parent
0: yeah yeah well mark thank you for your time really appreciate it and uh let's let's stay in touch i really it was a joy talking to you and learning from you been a privilege
1: thank you Preston. god bless you god bless you